Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Yeah, buddy. Uh, I like to get a little energetic, so if I uh, get intense at times this morning, I apologize, but I'm fired up. We have such a neat text, such a neat part of the story to dig into, to chew on, to spread apart, and look at closely. As you know, as Bruce just mentioned, you guys are in Ephesians. I like to call it the letter to Eugenifus or Springfieldifus. It's not lost on me, and I'm sure it's not lost on any of you who've really read this letter through, that certainly the challenges of Ephesus 2,000 years ago aren't that different than the challenges we face in our community today. Amen? Amen. Yes. Yeah, so this is a great lesson for us to be in together as the people of the Lord. And last week, Bruce really hammered down on this mystery piece, this mystery of the plan of God and bringing together that long-winded chosen folks of Israel and right up into the people, the Gentiles who weren't a part of that chosen nation, all together into one through the mystery and power of Christ. I was thinking this morning as I prayed with the elders of your amazing church, we were talking about this, this mystery and we're praying into it and I just had this thought of uh, what, what an unexpected privilege, honor, and glory, glorious experience for us to be brought into that fold. And what happens next, uh, we're going to talk about today. I don't think it's, so I, I have a real penchant for adventure. Who here likes an adventure? At least an adventure movie. Who here has seen Indiana Jones before? Okay, so this is kind of a, a thing I'm going to go with today. And when that long-winded nation of Israel is brought through the power of Jesus Christ together with the Gentiles, it's, it seems to me like that's quite a team. Right? What, what a team. A, a people, a group that has long followed God in his ways and sought to honor him and sought to be uh, people for him and then folks who had, you know, never experienced that before. I think of Indiana Jones and Short Round from the Temple of Doom movie. Here's this experienced adventurer and this kind of new kid who joined forces and what do you know, they're actually a pretty good team. And I think God recognized that bringing all of his children together makes a really good adventure team. So Paul explained, and through Bruce, we talked about last week, this mystery, this joining, and then the richness in that. And the richness wasn't necessarily that you now have part and parcel the material goods and wealth of the Israel, Israelites as a Gentile grafted in. No more, maybe, there's perspective here. There's a way of looking at things the way God does that brings us true richness. And adventurers are usually generally after one thing. Riches, right? I.e. treasure. X marks the spot. The thing that Indiana Jones was always seemingly after always was gold or worth material value. So as we look at this plan of richness, we all, I think, realize we're not talking about actual gold treasure. We're talking about the richness of being deeper in a relationship with God and then what that allows us to do is to have an experience with the world that's less solo, more team, more partner, more relational, and that's going to expose within the world, I believe, riches we can't experience otherwise. And a, an example of this came through to me very powerfully as a young logger. Yep, you knew you were getting a logging story today, didn't you? <laughs> so I had just met the Lord myself, personally, when this story takes place about 10 years ago or so, 
and I was new in my walk, and I had a five-year-old son. His name is Athens. He's quite big now. And I was jamming around, being logger guy, going for job to job one day, and I got a call from my wife, and she says, I can't take this kid anymore. I know you got a lot of work to do, but you need to come home early and take him off my hands. Fair request. Five-year-old boys can be a lot to handle. So I come up with this cockamamie scheme, this adventure. I'll go grab the boy, we'll go to the last stop I have, and we'll do it together. So I go and get the boy, we do the last stop, we get to this particular job where my task, now our task, is to go down into a giant canyon, up the other side, and then mark a trail from the far ridge in the middle of the forest out to a far point of road so that the other crew could come in the next morning the short way and not have to go through the canyon. <laughs> There's so many parallels to the Old Testament there, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> and so in, in all of my hurry and, and worry, I failed to recognize the day was growing short. So me and Athens bail off the side of this logging road down into this canyon, and we get in the bottom, and it's a hairy, brushy mess, and there's viney whoppers everywhere, and we crawl through that, and we're on the other side, and now we're headed up. But it's getting dark, real dark, real fast. And we get about a quarter of the way up, and all of a sudden, the side of this particular mountain turns into loose, shally rock. You ever been on that stuff before? It's, it's no steps forward and all steps back. <laughs> so here we are, no steps forward, all steps back, and we're just, we can't make any ground. We're just spinning in this rock on this part of the mountain. We can't get up, and we keep falling to the bottom. And it's really, really dark. And I make one last push. I grab him by the shirt collar, and I drag him, and I make a bull's charge up the hill. I make one step forward, but then right back to the bottom. And I laid there, and I gave up. And I looked up at the night sky in the middle of this canyon we were stuck in, and all I could see and feel and, and, and think about was this canyon is too, there's too much breadth to this canyon. There's too much width to this canyon. There's too much length to this canyon. The top of the ridge is too high up above me, and we are down too deep. We are screwed. And I don't think to pray. I think to just commiserate. And then as I'm laying there wondering how I'm going to keep him warm while we wait in the bottom of this canyon for the daylight to arrive hours and hours later, a little voice prayed. It was not mine. It was the voice. And he said, Dad, I know we can do this. And I said, Son, I know that we can't. <laughs> and he said, Dad, because we, like I said, new in the faith at this time. We're just starting to go to church and, and, and learn all these things, right? And he says, That God guy, let's ask him. I said, You ask him. I'm not asking him. <laughs> and he does. And he says, God, me and Dad, we need to get out of this canyon. I'm starting to get pretty scared. Dad's saying a lot of words he shouldn't say, and we need out. And then he made that prayer, and there was just this, n nothing changed except for I suddenly had the compunction and the will to try one more time. And we did. So I put him in front of me this time, and I shoved him up the loose shell, scrabbled up to catch him, and we tried this, and it actually worked. We got up out of the canyon finally. We found that far ridge. We had our 
rolls of pink ribbon, and we mark the trail back out to the secret road. That way the crew in the morning wouldn't have to have this existential crisis like I just did. <laughs> so Paul's now talking after last week's chunk of the text about this mystery and how there's so much richness to be had and working with everything you have to find ways to see things through his perspective, from his point of view. And now Paul's launching into this beautiful little chunk about prayer. What in the heck, besides this neat little logging story, does prayer have to do with adventure, perspective, richness? What does it have to do with it? We, I, maybe some of you guys have had the lived experience of praying for material richness and wealth and experience. Dear God, I could sure use some extra money. Things are tight. Will you please bless us? But I don't think that's what Paul's up to here, and that's certainly not what happened in that Wobegon Canyon that day. What I'd like to do is walk through this chunk of text with y'all almost like it's in a battle plan, an adventure plan for richness in God. And the main tool, obviously, that Paul's going to hammer on us here is prayer. How, how is prayer a tool? Prayer is a way to talk to God, and prayer is a way to, you know, get what you need. <laughs> how could it possibly be a tool? You think about Indiana Jones. He's got a whip. Right? He's got a fedora. He's got a leather jacket. He's usually got a sword or a pistol. These are the tools that one associates with adventure. Modern-day 21st century adventure also has its sets of tools, right? I got my cell phone. I got the Googler machine on speed dial. I got some good shoes. I got a Cascade mountain range I'm going to hike. All these tools, but prayer? Really? And here's where I think the rub is. To me, the richness Bruce was talking about last week was the richness of going on adventure with God. And if you're going on adventure with God, adventure is less about daring do and swashbuckling and finding the X on the map or taking the Nazis down. And it has a lot more to do with just a general attitude, a way of perspective, an expectation that when I pray into the richness of the mystery, and when I pray like that boy did in that canyon to understand the breadth, the width, the length, the height, the depth of God's power and love, then everything that I do will start to take on this feeling, this sense, this importance of adventure of finding treasure. I'm gonna, we're gonna go through this really cool, short, power punch packed text from Paul, but before we go through it together and you can see it and we can talk about it, I'd ask you one thing. If you would just close your eyes and listen to me read it slowly and just try to put yourself where Paul is. You're gonna notice before I read this short little section from Paul, that he starts on his knees. It should be noted that during this time, much like our tradition now where prayer is almost wrote, observed to be on your knees, this was not the case for Paul. So what Paul says, I'm on my knees, he's really hammering down the importance 
of being obedient to God, of being underneath the weight of his mystery, of, of giving ourselves away to the power of adventure that he has for us. So Paul writes to Eugenifus and Springfieldifus, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We know Paul's stories, right? Well, we've heard many through this season in Ephesus and otherwise. Paul was no stranger to adventure on his journey with God. I can't help but think about, before we dive into this set from Paul, just think about where Paul is. Here's another thing from one of his other letters to another place called Corinthian, uh, Corinth. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things there is the daily pressure of me on my, of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is made to fall and I am not indignant. Basically, Paul is describing quite an adventure, is he not? Sounds like he would have been a good logger too. <laughs> and this, I think Paul is showing us today, is the number one prayer for that, number one tool for that adventure of life with God, for being squarely within that mystery is prayer. Powerful prayer. Now, he starts off, we'll go to our first piece of text here. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. This is a continuation of the beginning of the letter where Paul is launching into prayer. He's kind of easy to get distracted like me mentally, and so he hops all over the map. Now he's back at it. He's told us all about the richness of the mystery and what's available in it. Now he's ready to advocate for us in it. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. If you're gonna do any task on earth, 
You need resource. You need energy. You need usually some money. You need a plan. You need a team. You need a target. You need an objective. You need what, what's the win? What's the why? And Paul is telling us here that in all of our efforts as followers of God through Jesus Christ, the most powerful, we are playing with power that is not ours. Okay? That is a perspective thing. That is an important note. Uh, as Bruce highlighted, we're up to something pretty wacky in West Eugene. It's a very challenging proposition. And I find almost daily, I do find daily, that without being attached to the power source of God, the prospect of success at the adventure is slim to none. It's slim to none. Because we're not, in the veil of the adventure, Indiana Jones is after treasures, right? We're all after the things we're after. But what's underneath all of that, what we can see with our eyes, the two kingdoms, is what's happening behind all that, behind the veil. And that's the spiritual realm that we're all part of. And all of our adventures and comings and goings also have this subliminal reality. We're trying to increase the kingdom of heaven. We're trying to share the power and the richness of God. We're trying to pray and extend to people an understanding of who he is and what he brings to your life. So that's important, that through prayer, you are now connected to a power source that is not your own, and you are now a conduit for that, and that will flow both ways. It flows up as we praise the God Almighty and we ask him for his, his uh, involvement in our lives and we, we praise him and we remind ourselves through our prayers of the things he's done in our lives where we count the piles of rocks we leave behind where he's done something mighty just like the Israelites did. Point being, now that power can flow back through that channel, through you, out into whatever adventure you're up to in this world. Next slide, please. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Notice, notice. It does not say we are rooted and grounded in justice. It does not say we are rooted and grounded in judgment. It does not say we are rooted and grounded in security. We are not rooted and grounded in all-knowing knowledge. <laughs> we are rooted in one thing here. What does Paul say that it is? Love. It is love. It is love. And because the preceding line, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that love that we're rooted and grounded in, is that our love? Nope. Is that the love of short round for Indiana Jones? Nope. That is Christ's love in us and through us. Now we're setting up the stage for a pretty awesome adventure, are we not? We are attached to power that is greater than ours. We are part of a mystery. Mysteries are always good for adventuring. And now we can see clearly that we are rooted in love, the love of God. Okay, it goes on. May, rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Who remembers last week, if you were here last week, Bruce talking about this cloud of saints. That's a very Indiana Jones type of thing, right? That, that there is this amass 
of spiritual beings that have never been human. There are, there are saints, folks that we've been, that have been a part of the journey of God already, and now they're a part of that cloud of witnesses. And here they are. Can we bring that back up? And here we are, getting the strength we need to comprehend with all of them what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of Christ's love. And we're doing that through, as Paul is sharing with us here, prayer. There's tons of value in learning church history and all of the crusades and the warriors and the leaders and the saints and those that have really marched across this globe on adventure with God. But what's interesting to me is that we're a part of that. I think when I'm on the front lines of the ministry in West Eugene, and it gets really, really hard, and it usually does by 9 o'clock in the morning on most days, it seems, without a team, without those to adventure with in the mystery of God, the proposition is really daunting and scary. It really is. I thought of that song we sang this morning, that I will follow you even if none are with me. Can we work together here this morning to make sure that never happens for us? I know it's true. We all know it's true that, that if you're following God and all fall away from you, you keep making that march of truth, and that's, that's the way. Baby Yoda will be with you. <laughs> but let's make a commitment to each other that we'll never let that happen of our own free will. And I'd like to, if you're game this morning, do something to make that real. So often, when we deal with each other, we say things, we make promises to each other, we make commitments to adventure together, this task, that task, this thing, that thing. Um, But if we don't really ironclad it, the craziness and busyness of the world takes hold of it, usually, correct? That's been my experience anyways. So, there's this line, this ubiquitous line. Breadth, length, height, and depth. I found it down in that canyon, and it took the prayer of a boy to lift me out of the breadth, length, height, and depth of the broken world into the breadth, length, height, and depth of God's love. And I'm so thankful he was there that day and walked me through that very important lesson from the mouths of babes. Can we do that this morning with each other? Here's my proposition. That we take three minutes this morning, just three, you can hold your breath for that long, and find someone near you. And we're going to pray, nothing particular, nothing personal, no information exchanged, just pray for the person near you or around you, that they will experience the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of Christ's love in new, real ways. And then pray that when I can, I'll be there with you in those spaces, and we will do it together. By show of hands, who's game? That's the majority. Okay, so for three minutes, find one or two people near you, and just gently pray with them, for them. You can do it silent, 
or audibly, hey, I would like for you, God, to show my partner here, my friend, my alongsider, my sitting next to me, that they would experience new ways, the breadth, length, height, and depth of Christ's love, and that if there's any place where I can be with them in their adventure to support them in this, that I would do that. Let's take three minutes. Breath, length, height, and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Pretty neat that he has set it up in such a way that he doesn't have to do it all. Pretty good boss right there. He has, he has delegated. Hmm, something I'm learning about myself as a young leader. Uh, he has delegated. Dude, that's amazing. And so now... You have access, as Paul starts this off with, you have direct access to the Father through the Son, and that power now resides in you through Jesus Christ, and the two of you with Christ in your heart and God at your backside all around you because he's everywhere all the time. There's probably no temple of doom, crusade, (laughs) or ark that could stop you. But he doubles down and goes farther. Here Paul is showing us we can also do it for each other. And often our prayers, like we discussed earlier, are centered in this sort of, you know, experiential reality. It's all what I'm experiencing. That's where my prayers come from, and that's kind of what they're centered on. And that's not inherently bad, and it's a part of it. But I think what Paul's trying to model for us here is he gets on his knees. That's a new move at the time. That's probably blowing some minds a little bit. Guy's on his knees. This is serious. And then he's on behalf of us. And all those saints are with him. And everyone's trying to get their hands around this wacky mystery. And through this practice of prayer for each other, in understanding what we are a part of and what we have access to, Not what do we need, and praising God, that's all part of prayer, but this unique aspect of you're on an adventure, it's called life, I got things I would like you to do, I'm working that through your life, and now I'm showing you that you guys can back each other up, you can be on teams, adventure teams, and this is the prayer. The prayer is not for provision, the prayer is not for a map. The prayer is not for enemies to be dissuaded, and we certainly know that's all within God's wheelhouse. The Old Testament's chock full of that kind of stuff. The prayer is for us to help each other understand how loved we are and how much power there is in that love, and with that power and with that understanding and sharing that with each other, we're pretty well capable of it all. Let's see that that last slide. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Makes me wonder about that canyon. He should have prayed for a helicopter. (laughs) According to this, I think it might have happened. Uh, Too late now. Uh, According to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations Forever and ever, amen. Now, here comes the conviction for us all. What good message from God doesn't convict us, right? This gathering, 
is beautiful and powerful and meaningful and part of the plan, right? Get together, praise me, worship me, be in the word, learn, grapple, wrestle, coffee, donuts. (laughs) This is not the adventure he's talking about. This is where we come together after a week of adventuring and before a week of adventuring to pour into each other, to be recharged through his spirit, to be in community of worship. There's tons of awesome value in all that. But the adventure is, what do we do with this? How do we take this with us into our own adventures in life? How do we do that? Well, y'all are a great example of that here at Thurston Christian. You're already doing that. You guys have a missions team, so you're pointing and focusing out into the community and into the world with your support, your effort, and prayerfully your prayers. And then each of you individually have a beautiful life that you're up to. Who here has got a lot on their plate? Who here has got some challenges on their plate? Who here has some exciting things in their life? And who here gets bored sometimes? Okay. So it would seem to me we're all sharing these very common aspects to a life of adventure with God. And so can we not, as we just are learning from Paul here, pray for and with each other, not just about the particulars of our adventures or the particulars of the adventure of Thurston Christian Church as a body of Christ, but for each other, each in our own realms and as a group here together on Sundays regularly, for a better, more fuller understanding of how dang loved we are And then as Paul is so astute to note, when you start to stretch that understanding of the love, you are essentially creating a larger conduit for that power and love. And then through that conduit, more can flow out and more can flow in. I would think, who here remembers Voltron from the 80s or Captain Planet? (laughs) Okay. I am one to stretch analogies as far as you'll let me. (laughs) But at Thurston Christian Church, as you guys graft more and more together and add more and more to your group of faith, I would think you will become a bigger conduit, both for God to work through and for God to pour into. And so uh, it has been, as always, a distinct honor and pleasure to be here with what I observe to be an earnest adventure church. Can I pray for us? Father God, we thank you for Paul. We thank you that you touched him on that road, that you waylaid his heart, and that in a moment, You took away his eyesight, but you showed him he had way more sight than he could ever imagine with you. And God, you you compelled him, and through the Spirit, you have authored these great lessons through letters, Lord. And today, we just have soaked in this lesson from your son Paul about the unsearchable riches of your love for us, and that through prayer, we can boldly ask for more. 
more of your riches, a more breadth to it, a more length to it, a more height to it, a more depth to it. And so God, we boldly pray that this morning at Thurston Christian Church in Springfield, Oregon, USA, Western Hemisphere, globe of earth, we want more. Each of us wants a wider, bigger, deeper understanding of your love for us. And then God, we boldly ask that as we help each other through prayer to stretch each other's hearts out, that through that, more of your power and love will flow. And that tales will start to be told on Sunday mornings here at this building of great kingdom experiences and great kingdom treasures and more poignant moments of contact with the love of God. And through all of that, we hope that you will be glorified and that this community will, through Thurston Christian Church, be taken smitten by you and start to seek their own adventures in your love through the example of this great place and these amazing humans. We put all this at the foot of your son, Jesus Christ, who authors it all. Amen.